Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Hop the props. We took a couple weeks off. I'd love to say it's because we were on vacation. We were not. I was working. Chuck was working. Unfortunately, this isn't a full-time job, but we're back. Chuck, great to see your face. How are you? Good, Seth. Happy to be back here with you. Um, yeah, man, we're, we're like real adults now. When we first started this pod, we were just kind of, we had kind of casual jobs. We, we were just taking it easy, just literally researching all day. And now we just have to like spend like 30 minutes real quick, firing up some bets for, for y'all to, to, to hear. Yeah. And I, I remember when we first started, I mean, I would literally be spending three hours, you know, going, going deep into, <laughs> into statistics that I didn't even know existed in college football. And was this during the work day? Absolutely. Was I doing any work? Absolutely not. Now, now I'm out at, at seven and then I'm, you know, going to the gym and I'm, I'm coming here and we're recording late night. This is, we need to have like our own late night talk show. Basically we got to take over for Conan. Yeah. Seth and Chuck talking sports late at night. Dude, we definitely get like 10 people to watch that. Like I, I feel like some people would actually pay attention, but oh well. But hey, the one thing though, you know, Chuck, we did miss a couple big college football games that, you know, we do want to talk yeah. about what's your take here. Um, USC going to Notre Dame, getting slapped, slapped around silly. What, what were your thoughts there? And, and what do you think that means for the rest of the Pac-12? Yeah, I was definitely a little surprised. Um I was confused to the line. I know Notre Dame was, was favored at two and a half, I think it was. So they were basically saying those two teams were even, which was probably a little questionable, at least on the surface. But Vegas was all over it. They said Notre Dame, we think, is the better team at home. Um, tough environment for Caleb Williams. You know, I think he's still a little untested um, in terms of, of playing a lot of tough road games outside of the Pac-12. Um, so that was a true test for him, and, and he struggled. And the Notre Dame defense is good, so you got to hand it to them there. Um, don't take a lot from Notre Dame. So like you said, in terms of what I thought about the Pac-12 in general, uh, USC is pretty vulnerable because they, they don't play defense, and they just rely on Caleb Williams. It's Caleb Williams, and that's it, and that's all they got. Um, I don't think they stand much of a chance. I think they need to play Utah, Oregon, and Washington still, so I don't like their chances, honestly, in any of those games. Uh, they play Utah this weekend. I think they could maybe beat Utah, but I can't see after watching that Oregon Washington game. I think both of those teams are way better than USC at this point. Yeah, that was that was the other game that I wanted to mention. I mean, that fantastic game, definitely in my opinion, the top two Pac-12 teams. Yeah, um, definitely think that. Wash. I want to see, hear your thoughts here. Any any chance you see a Pac-12 team making it to the college football playoff? Um, and if so, which team? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of depends on. The rest, like I saw, there's a lot of teams. I think that's what's that's what's great about college football this year is there's probably a lot of teams that are realistically have a chance to make the playoffs, like more than usual, I would say. So that's where it's tough. Um, obviously, if Washington runs the table and gets another shot at Oregon or USC in the in the Pac-12 championship um, and win that game, you know, you got to put Washington in. But let's say Oregon beats Washington at a neutral site in Vegas. Do you? Do you put Oregon in then? Then it then kind of I think the Pac-12 has a chance to cannibalize on itself because so many of the teams are really solid. Um, I, didn't, I didn't even mention like UCLA and Oregon State are both pretty frisky. Um, so I just I worry that that no team will be able to go through the entire Pac-12 slate unscathed. I hope they do because I love Washington. I love Penix. We've talked about Penix on this on this pod for a long time. Back, mm-hmm. back to his Indiana days. So yeah. I'd love to see it. I think Washington could do it, but I'm, I'm a little worried because it's not an easy path. 
Yeah, I mean, I, at this point, I think Washington's the only team who could, unless somehow USC or Oregon like go on some insane run and just show everybody that those one games were or were fluke losses at this point. But yeah, I mean, definitely. I really hope that Washington does make it. It'd just be a new team in there. I know they were in there once before and got smoked by Bama, but this is a different Washington team, and I'd love to see them go against yeah. you know a, a Michigan or or a, a Georgia defense and kind of see how that turns out. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll talk about some other games as we go through the pod here. But let's let's dive into this week's bets. Um, I know I've I've got one I want to start us off with, and you know we always talk about this. It seems like there's a couple teams we always go back to because we like to bet them. And I'm going back to old reliable here. The old right hand. Give me Minnesota at Iowa. Iowa's three and a half point favorites. The over under 31 and a half. Hell yeah. That, I saw that. I was like, oh, <laughs> we, hold up. We got to talk about this one. So, I, I, Chuck, I think you were telling me this. This is one of the most bet college football games of this week. Yeah, I saw that the other day. I think people are just so entertained by the whole Iowa experience that they're just excited to bet on this game. 3.30 yeah. primetime on NBC, we get this. Oh, Iowa has, has lost one game all year. They're probably going to, or I mean, I think they will not lose another game this year. The rest of their schedule is garbage. There's a solid chance they're going to go 11-1 and or maybe 10-2 and with currently the second worst offense in the nation and make it to the Big Twelve, Big Ten championship. That is absurd to then play a Michigan, a Penn State, or an Ohio State, most likely. But while most people think I'm going for the under here, I'm not. And I'm definitely not going for the over because that would just be stupid. We're going for Iowa minus three and a half. I'll tell you why. Both teams, very similar. However, Iowa has the edge in pretty much every category with the exception of third down conversions. But the defenses that Minnesota has played have not been up to snuff as Iowa. Iowa's set, set, or 22nd in defense while Minnesota is 55th. And Iowa's offense, trash, as we mentioned, 130th in third downs, Minnesota's 58th. Minnesota's numbers are slightly inflated due to the teams they've played. Granted, they did play Michigan and got absolutely smoked. That will not happen against Iowa because Iowa can't score. But I really this game last year, I know we talked about it. The over under I think was thirty-two last year, and what was it, thirteen to ten? Like yeah. it's traditionally a very low scoring affair. Um, but I really don't think Minnesota gets ten points in this game. I think this is a thirteen to six, thirteen to seven. Iowa is also in every one of their wins, they've won by more than four points. So I'm I'm actually comfortable laying the three and a half here. Just because I feel like Iowa obviously is not good offensively, but Minnesota has struggled offensively and defensively, honestly, against competent teams. Not that Iowa is a competent team, but we forget what is Iowa's best offense? It's their defense, Chuck. And Minnesota throws a lot of interceptions. Minnesota, I, I think Michigan either, I know they had one, they might have had two defensive touchdowns last week. Um, or they had one defensive touchdown, and then they returned one to like the five-yard line. So I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa covers this game purely with their defense. So that's what I'm looking for in this game. I'm staying away from the over/under just because I, you know, you can't bet it every week, as we know. Um, so I'm going to roll with Iowa minus three and a half at home against the Golden Gophers. Yeah, I love it, Seth. Uh, the only thing I kind of made me a little nervous about this was you know it's such a such a low scoring game i think that hook is pretty important 
Um, but you made a lot of good points. I that's a good point that Iowa hasn't played that close of a game all year, so they they kind of been taking care of business. When they win, they win by more than four points, um, and they haven't played a an offense as bad as Minnesota's yet. Um, Minnesota's one hundred and thirteenth in offense. The only reasonable team I see that's below them is is Northwestern, and Iowa hasn't played Northwestern yet. So everybody that Iowa's played is is better offensively than um, than Minnesota, and they've they've shut them down. They've won, like you said, by by more than four points. This this could be a little bit of a letdown spot. Big win in Wisconsin last week, um, but they got a bye week next week. So I think they're going to get up for this game and like say, hey guys, we need a win right before a bye week. Um, let's get it done. Let's take care of business. And, and like you said, it's hard to see Minnesota scoring, getting to 10 points at all. And, you know, one pick six from, from Iowa kind of just seals your bet right there. So I like yeah. the play. Yeah. And lastly, the Minnesota quarterback, I cannot pronounce his last name. It's, it's Ethan Calamanis or something. Six touchdowns, six interceptions. Like yeah. nothing, nothing really to write home about. Turns it over a lot. The only game that he did not have an interception was against Northwestern, who is bad. And this is a game that they lost by three points in overtime. Other than that, through one interception against Eastern Michigan, one against UNC, two against Michigan, and one against uh, University of Louisiana. So someone who definitely turns it over. And if you take that Northwestern game out of the county, he's got three or he's got three touchdowns and six interceptions. So yeah, not, I mean not Minnesota really. hasn't really played anybody. Obviously, Michigan. Um, as an opponent that would have a similar caliber defense as Iowa, and they got absolutely railed. So, yeah, you know, wins against Louisiana, Eastern Michigan, and Nebraska. I mean, those aren't those aren't doing anything yeah, for me. Quick so. stats from that Michigan game as well: five for 15, 52 yards, one touchdown, <laughs> and two picks. A total QBR of four point nine. Take that as you will. God, yeah, yep, smash spot. Smash, smash! Is that the game? I will. uh, I will transition portion of our show into. We're going to be talking about a lot about the SEC um, teams in the next couple of segments. So, my favorite play on the college football slate, and I already bet this at a better number. So, I apologize if you can't get it. If you if you want to tease it down, throw it in a teaser. I don't mind. Um, Missouri over South Carolina. South Carolina is coming to. To Missouri, I believe it's a 3.30 kick, um, just like your Iowa game. Um, I like Mizzou here. I, I think Mizzou's a really solid 20th-ranked team, um, and it's kind of another fade on South Carolina. I know I, I keep doing that, but I think they just keep getting too much respect because their offense is, is pretty potent. Um, they dropped 39 on Florida last week in Florida, um, but I just don't think that even Florida – like Florida ended up winning that game by two – um, but they haven't played a team as good as Missouri. Missouri's 24th in total offense. Um, and South Carolina's defense is just bottom of the, of the barrel. They're almost last in total defense um, in the whole NCAA. So I think this is a good spot. I got I got Mizzou at, at six and a, minus six and a half. Um, so a little bit better of a number because they could easily win by seven. Um, keep in mind that Mizzou put up 39, I believe, against LSU. Um, South Carolina's defense is worse than LSU. Um, so I got to think that Mizzou can put up, you know, at least 35 on South Carolina. And I just, I, I'm still just kind of fading the overall thought that this South Carolina offense is really that great under Spencer Rattler. I'm taking the better quarterback here in Brady Cook. Brady Cook's been 
been cooking, um, pardon my pun. So, you know, I like Mizzou here, Get especially if you can get him under a touchdown and if you want to throw it in a teaser, I like that as well. Um, give me Mizzou. Chuck, I like that play. I mean, Mizzou's, Mizzou's kind of been a surprise for this year. Um, I know people were saying they were going to be a little bit better, but that big win against Kansas State, that, that 67-yard field goal really kind of propelled them. Got Hit a speed bump in that LSU game, but but you're right. This offense is actually pretty solid. Um, their defense has been surprising teams. What I'm looking for here, I'm going to see if Missouri can run the table um, and so they can play Georgia at the end, and that'll be, a, that'll be an interesting game there. From a team that was, you know, when they played them before, two and three gave them a handful and see how a, a one-loss Missouri team maybe takes on Georgia. But have to beat South Carolina here to get there. And I feel like they're playing – I feel like this they're in a position that they haven't been in a while. And I feel like that's always a place for – a good place for a dangerous team to be. And that's that's what we talked about Kansas last year um, when they were off to their hot start. We always – we were riding Kansas a lot. Missouri could be that team. You know, they're going to come out with uh, some serious fire at home playing a, a team that, again, gets a lot more hype than they do. So I think this is a this is a good spot here, Chuck. I like this pick. Yeah, I mean, you, you worry about the potential of a look ahead with Georgia, as you mentioned, but they got the bye week next week, just like Iowa. So so I think they're going to get up for this game and say, hey, let's get a let's get a big win right before our bye week. Let's go in feeling good um, rather than laying an egg against South Carolina. And, and like you said, at home, I think that's really helpful as well. Um, and South Carolina just just hasn't impressed me this year. Yeah, we've got a lot of bye weeks. So we're kind of lining these up nicely. Uh, very similar situations. So that was uh, so unplanned, by the way. I just want everyone to know. <laughs> got to get on these teams going into their bye week. They want to play hard. Um, they know they're going to get a couple rest days, so they're going to give it their all. Exactly. Well, we'll transition to maybe you know one of the hotter teams in the SEC to possibly one of the coldest we're going to Fayetteville, Arkansas. We've got Mississippi State at Arkansas this week. Arkansas is a six-point favorite over under at 48.5. Arkansas is 2-5. and five. They're currently on a five-game losing streak in that they lost to B- they lost to start that losing streak. They lost to BYU. To end it, they lost by or to Bama by three in Tuscaloosa last week. Arkansas is the best 2-5 and five team in the nation. Yeah. I'm not sure if anybody if anybody watched that game against Alabama. They are a very good team. I mean, Alabama is also not that great, but like they're still Bama. KJ Jefferson had a play where he literally threw a grown man off of him while standing still in the pocket, ran out, and they got a 20 yard game. Whenever KJ Jefferson is in the game, Arkansas has a chance to win. I think they have so much pent up disappointment. This game is basically to save their season. Because they went through a brutal gauntlet of playing teams, and now they have a little bit of space to breathe. Arkansas is a better team statistically slightly in a lot of areas, very similar to the Iowa-Minnesota. But the big key for me is Arkansas has a much higher third-down conversion percentage. So you get them at home, get them increased um, third downs. I really see this game possibly being a blowout. Arkansas has got a lot of lot of frustration, a lot of anger. This game means a lot to them because if they don't win it, then they're two and six, and then they have to win out to win a bowl game. This is a must win. They have to win this game. So I'm very comfortable laying that six points. Give me the Razorbacks minus six at home against Mississippi State. Yeah, I think it's a great point that you said Arkansas is one of the best two and five teams, if not the best um, in the country. I mean, if you just look at their their losses, right? They're on a five-game losing streak, but I think you've got to take that with a grain of salt. 
um, lost by seven to BYU, lost by three to LSU, lost by 12 to A&M, lost by seven to Ole Miss, lost to Bama by three. So they've been playing tight, close games. Um, this is their first home, like official home game um, since September 16th. Um, so they're going to be excited to, to get back home and, and play well because um, they had to go to LSU and then A&M Arkansas is always a neutral site in Dallas. Uh, so then, and then they had to go to Ole Miss and then go to Alabama. So that's just a brutal stretch for them. Um, and Seth, once again, bye week next week. Um, so they're going to play hard. Um, like you said, they need to get some wins under their belt to make a bowl game. And if listeners of the pod will remember, like we're just big Arkansas guys, like Wu Pig Suey yeah. was the name of one of our episodes back in the day. KJ Jefferson is still there. He's still playing good football. He's probably maybe the best quarterback on a two and five team as well. So. Definitely. You know, he's a very 100%. capable player. And then if you just look at their comp- comparable games, right? Both of these teams have already played um, LSU and Bama, I think. Yeah. Mississippi State lost to LSU 41-14 to and lost to Bama 40-17. to So, like, Arkansas was competitive with both of those teams, and Mississippi State got crushed by both of those teams. So I think Arkansas is clearly the better team, getting under a touchdown with the home team. Um, if, you, if you want a little hop-the-props SEC teaser, I think – I think throw Arkansas and, and Mizzou like minus one and a half together in a little parlay there, and we got our, ourselves a, a winner. I agree. Get a little combine the, the SEC action and, and ride that to the promised land. I feel, but I mean, check also these two bets. I'm I'm pretty confident in both, but um, I don't honestly. We don't do this in a lot, but just take them both and parlay them together. Not recommending it, just the spreads. But I mean, yeah, I, don't, I even, might, don't even tease. Don't even te- don't even tease it. Um, but no, I really like those two plays. You got two teams that that really are, are looking for a win here, and then two other teams that this game this game out I, I don't believe it means as much to them. Um, Arkansas back against the wall need a W W and and Missouri one of their best seasons so far since since they were in the Big Twelve you know ranked uh, top top five in the nation with Kansas back in the day. So two teams that are are really need needing of a win. Um, but I believe those, that's all the college football we have. Correct, Seth, hold, hold that thought. Um, oh, my God. We're still in the SEC, and you mentioned the need to bring back the Jaeger bomb. Uh, we're dropping it this week. Let's go. Oh, man. Tennessee plus eight and a half. We're doing wow. it. Um, I know we just talked about a couple of favorites that we liked in the SEC, but I'm taking Bama or I'm taking Tennessee in Bama um, plus eight and a half for literally one reason, and this is why it's the Jaeger bomb, right? I don't like betting against Bama in any situation. I don't think they deserve, they've done anything this year to deserve being eight and a half point favorites to any decent team. Um, and Tennessee, I think is just really solid. Um, at least defensively, you know, the offense leaves a little bit to, to be desired after last year. Um, this is a potential revenge game for Bama. Cause I know Tennessee beat them last year, but I, I like Tennessee to at least just keep this close because Bama's just been playing close games against most of their decent SEC opponents so far this year. Um, and I just really like Tennessee's defense. So last last week, they were able to pull off a win, which was in a tough spot. They played Texas A&M at home, but it was a look ahead to Bama, and they won by seven. They held Texas A&M to 13 points, and Joe Milton didn't even play well. Um, Joe Milton was 11 for 22 for 100 yards, and they still were able to win the game by seven because um, they, they put up 232 yards of rushing on A&M. And A&M has pretty much just as good of a defense as Bama, I would almost argue, um, because A&M played Bama really tight. Um, and that was not because of A&M's quarterback, because A&M, ever since Connor Wegman went down and Max Johnson came in, 
I'm not a big Max Johnson guy, so A&M has been kind of shaky on offense ever since then. And A&M was able to stay tight with Bama, and then Tennessee goes and beats A&M and puts up 230 yards of rushing on them. Um, so I think, you know, a couple of things here. Tennessee just defensively can can hold Bama down a little bit, um, and Bama might hold them down as well, but I just I envision this being a low-scoring game, and in, in a low-scoring game like that, you've got to take eight and a half if you can get it. Yeah, Chuck, that is a steamy, steamy take, as the kids say. That's what you got to do with the Jager bombs. I, don't I, feel I great respect about it. it. But... I respect it. You you dropped all the knowledge on it, so I'm going to let that one ride out. Um, but that would be crazy for Tennessee fans to win back to back years, winning at home <laughs> yeah. against Bama, and then going to Brian Denny and winning that game. But I would argue this Bama team is way worse than the team they beat last year. Now, now Tennessee might be worse as well. But I mean, if you look at their their defensive metrics, Bama's tenth, Tennessee is eleventh. Um, mm-hmm. and I'll just peep the offense here while we're, while we're on the call. But um, I just think these teams are a little bit more evenly matched as both just like, like, let's just be honest. Like I hate betting against Bama. Let's, let's just be honest. They're not that they're not a top 10 team this year. I don't, yeah. I don't believe. So, you know, I think, I think Tennessee and Bama are kind of in the same, same boat. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. Bama's definitely um, not a top, at least not right now with that offensive scheme. Um, just because they can't throw the ball. They can't move the ball. They can't run the ball. They can't do anything. 77th in in total offense this year. Tennessee is 26th. Um, So, you know, I just think that's too many points. I'm not, I'm not calling for, for an outright win. Would love to get it obviously with the Ager bomb, but I think Tennessee can at least keep this within eight and a half. Uh, We are, we are living in the SEC this week. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, well, let's let's transition now because I know we we were living in the SEC, but now you're moving somewhere else. You're going from the southeast to the west, so I know you got a couple a uh, couple of LA teams you want to talk about here, Chuck. Yeah, California love. Let's let's transition to the NFL. I got two LA teams. Um, spoiler alert: I'm picking picking the Rams and the Chargers this week. Um, but let's talk about the Chargers first. I think that's um, arguably game of the week. I think Dolphins Eagles might be game of the week, but. Um, Maybe second best game. Uh, Chargers versus Chiefs. Chargers coming off close, tough Monday night loss to the Cowboys. Uh, had had them in that one as well. I just think they're still a little undervalued as long as Herbert's there. Um, I don't love Staley coaching, obviously, but um, just offensively, I think there's a lot of firepower there. And the Chiefs just been just haven't been looking amazing on offense. Their defense looks great. And I'll give them that they're winning in a different way than we're used to seeing them win um, with more defense and not offense. And especially like Patrick Mahomes, obviously the receiving core is not, not there yet. And maybe it will be by the end of the year, but I think this is still a good spot to fade the chiefs because um, they just play close games. I'm not, I'm not calling for an outright win. I looked at the history of these two teams and ever since Herbert got to, to LA um, the chiefs have never won against the chargers by more than six points. They've won by six, but I think as long as you can get the six number, and I disclaimer, I bet this when it was at six, it's now at five and a half. Uh, so money's coming in on the Chargers. Um, but I think I like this at six if you can get it. Um, five and a half is fine too, um, but obviously six is a key number. So I just like the Chargers to keep this close. I think this is this is the, a big game for the Chargers. I think it means a lot more for them. They're, they're at two and three right now, so they, they could use a win pretty badly. Um, and they always get up for this game and just, Anytime you can get a divisional game, take the dog. If it's more than four points, you know, you got to take that value. So I like the Chargers here at plus six at even 
plus five and a half as well. I mean, the Chargers are just notorious for just losing games they shouldn't lose and winning games they shouldn't win. Yeah. So I don't like. I don't hate this play. And just playing close games and just playing close games and then losing in heartbreak fashion. So I think any time that you can get a Chargers line as a dog, you know, six points or less, yeah. you got to take it. Yeah. Because they don't get blown out too often. They can they can put up points. It's just they can't finish games. So I mean, I mean, just like the Cowboys. I don't, also, I'm not sure if you watched the the Chargers game, but that we do have to talk about it. That that mom, that fan. Yeah. Did you see the video? Amazing energy. I saw something that she was like wearing the same. They found the same lady wearing a biking shirt, like the week before or something, though. Yeah. So she I, I listened a to a little. No, well, I listened to a little bit of the Pat McAfee show, and she because they had her on there, and she was That's just awesome. saying she's like. She's like, yeah, I'm a big Chargers fan, but I'm just a big football fan. And she was saying, like, she has, she's got a couple kids, and okay. um, the mom's like from her like, kids' sports. Like, they call her and like, why is everyone surprised you act this way? This is how you act at, you know, <laughs> your kids' soccer game. And I'm like, that's that's the energy we need. So, in a weird way, do I think that's going to propel the Chargers? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a, such a crazy take. It is an absolutely wild take. But I'm just adding it to the reasons to back the Chargers this week. I'll, I'll take it. Any, and, anything to get you on my side. Yeah, and you're right. The Chiefs haven't looked good. Now, I mean, the other thing that is in question is Taylor Swift going to the game. I'm not sure. There's a lot of variables that really have nothing to do with football that don't affect the game but might affect the game, if you know what I mean. Getting back so, to football, I think Eckler coming back is big as well for the Chargers. Uh, last week was kind of first game back in action, so I think they're kind of – didn't get a ton of work, um, so I think they're kind of easing him back in, and I, I expect a big game from Eckler. Yeah, and Keenan Allen has also been fantastic this year. I mean, yeah, the amount of receptions, really the yard, every, everything. Like they, they're often, they just need to learn how to close games. But getting at plus five and a half against a Chiefs team that really has not been playing to their best ability. Patrick Mahomes has been on and off. Um, this will this will be an interesting game, and these divisional games are always tight. So I'll be I'll be looking forward to that one. But, Chuck, I'm going to take us from one of the best games to possibly the worst game of the weekend. And I don't know why, but I always feel like I picked the worst games. Oh, I, think yeah. it's just, I, I think it's just a trend that I have. But uh, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Chicago to play the Bears. Oh, and man. what's great about this game, Chuck, is that Justin Fields, injured. Jimmy Garoppolo, injured. Who are the starting quarterbacks for these teams? Oh, God. The Las Vegas Raiders, it's currently between Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell, Purdue quarterback. Um, If you all remember, we know we talked about him a couple times last year in the pod. But on the Bears' side, we have Tyson Badgett. Now, for you all who don't know who this guy is, (laughs) I also had no idea who this guy was. He's a D2 quarterback, and it, the name of the college escapes me right now. Shepherd. But Shepherd. Shepherd University. I, I have no idea where Shepherd University yeah. is. Chuck, if you want to give that a quick look up. I will. Um, but I, initially when Chuck and I were talking about this, I was like, oh, we got a hammer Raiders minus three. But then I was reading a little bit more about this guy. And it's the intangibles that I got away from. This is a quote. This is a Tyler Badgett's plan B. I was going to basically just cross fit my life away 
get as ripped and jacked as possible and be a teacher at Martinsburg High School. This guy, dog. <laughs> now, I'm taking CrossFit with a grain of salt there. CrossFit's a little sus. But get ripped and jacked as possible and go be a teacher is his backup plan. The other thing, Chuck and I are, are we're from right outside Philadelphia in a town called Westchester. A year ago, Badgett was preparing to square off against Westchester University Golden Rams. And he said, and he was asked, what's the difference in prep work? He said, the details, a lot of details. Obviously, the team I'm going against Sunday is a little bit better than Westchester. Dog. I don't know if the Raiders are. Uh, yeah, we, we're not sure. But I will have you know that um, he did throw three touchdown passes and a 47-14 to win against Westchester in that game. So am I saying that he's going to do that against the Raiders? Absolutely not. But am I less against Chicago here? Yes. Even though we got lit up in the game against Minnesota, we had that fumble um, for a touchdown, recover for a touchdown and an interception. The Raiders are not in a place where they're going to blow out a team either. I mean, they, they've got Hoyer or O'Connell. Also, the injury reports for both teams are large. Devontae Adams is questionable. Max Crosby is questionable. Um, one of the tack or Justin Heron, the tackle for the Raiders, concussion. He did not play in practice this week. It's kind of a hodgepodge of injuries. And that's the reason why I'm not touching the spread. I'm going with the under 37 and a half. I feel like this game is just going to be a mess. But I also might sprinkle a little bit Chicago money line just for the magic, just for the, the Tyson Haggett magic. But I'm definitely taking the under here. This is just going to be an ugly game all around. A um, lot of injuries, backup quarterbacks. I don't expect either coach to be overly aggressive, considering this is Tyson's first start. And then you've got a rookie in Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer, who's really not that good. So I just don't see a lot of opportunities for scores. The only way I see this bet blowing up is if the defense gets a couple of scores, which could be possible, which is also why should probably sprinkle a little uh, Raiders anytime defensive touchdown bet because I could see that. I could see a pick six from our boy Haggett if he's not uh, – if he doesn't have that dog and if that CrossFit cut starts coming out rather than that just getting jacked and teaching starts coming out. So we'll see uh, see how the game goes. But all the injuries, quarterbacks are a mess. Give me the under, 37 and a half. So yeah, as soon as you read those Tyson quotes between wanting to get ripped and jacked and, and shouting out Westchester, I was like, oh, you're going to love this guy. Um, certainly interesting to see i mean gosh i just like as a bears fan it's just crazy to me that we just decided that that this guy should be our backup he played pretty well in preseason um but he did not look good on on sunday against the vikings um they're at home at least uh but i I still expect him to to struggle a a good bit um especially khalil herbert's out as well so they don't really have they're going to be starting a rookie running back as well so just not a lot of veteran presence in that on that team. Their offensive line is just awful. Um, the only concern here is both the defenses are pretty bad on these two teams as well. Um, but it's hard to imagine Tyson doing much offensively. And then I think it's kind of a bad sign that the Raiders are split in reps right now with Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. They still don't know who they're going with. At least yeah. Tyson's has got Tyson has gotten all the reps for the Bears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that definitely can affect the psyche of a quarterback too because, I mean, if halftime they're not scoring, they might swap it out. It's going to affect team flow and everything like that. So I, I really just see this game as being extremely ugly and a tough watch. 
We went from Iowa, Minnesota, which would be a tough watch, to this game, which would be a tough watch. So a lot, basically don't watch any of the games that I just talked about. Just have them on your phone and bet them. But don't watch them because they're going to suck. Yeah. All right. The last one I'm going to talk about to close this out here is probably won't be too much better. It might be a little might might see a little bit more um, from a scoring perspective, but I'm going to take the Rams uh, minus three against the Steelers. Uh, so the Steelers are coming off, coming off a bye. Um, maybe they regrouped a little bit, but gosh, we didn't see a whole lot um, from them before the bye week. Kenny Pickett's looked really bad. I know they, they beat the Ravens in kind of an upset, crazy upset, um, but the Ravens wide receivers dropped a lot of, balls in that game the Ravens should have won pretty easily um so I think the Steelers were kind of a little lucky to get out of there with a win and I think as a result they're a little overvalued in this spot um the Rams on the other hand they've been they've been pretty plucky um not a team that had some high expectations this year after such a disappointing performance last year from them um but they got Cooper Cup back a couple weeks ago um I do worry both of their running both of their two running backs Kieran Williams and uh, Rivers, I think, was their backup, are both probably going to be out for this game. Um, but I, th- I still trust them to be able to to run the ball at least a little bit. Um, but what I'm not worried about is Stafford throwing the ball to Cup and Puka Nakua, who is a fantastic story. He's been absolutely balling out so far this year. Um, and the Steelers' secondary has really, really struggled. They're towards the, the bottom of the league and pass defense. Um, and what I what I also thought was, was might have helped Pittsburgh is – you know, they can kind of get after the quarterback a little bit, but the Rams rank at least, you know, in the upper half of the league in terms of sack percentage allowed. So they're not letting Stafford take too many hits, um, which helps. So, you know, the Steelers kind of tend to lean on their defense, but I think Stafford will be able to expose them enough that Kenny Pickett won't be able to keep up offensively. So I think, you know, I think the Rams can cover this number and win by, by 10, 7 points. Yeah, I mean, the, the Steelers are a shell of what they used to be with Mike Tomlin. I mean, the defense yeah. is pathetic with the exception of T.J. Watt. Um, they can't really – they can't throw the ball. Najee Harris is – every once in a while he'll oh, he'll do something. But for the most part, I mean, that team is a – they need a complete restructuring, in my opinion, um, because they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, so, And this is just pure talent on the roster here. Like, yes, they have George Pickens. Um, on the Steelers, who I think is mainly their only bright point along with TJ Watt. But I mean, the Rams are deeper. I'm going to take them in the receiving core. Like if it, if it comes to, you know, the fourth quarter who needs a touchdown, I'm not sure the Steelers can do it again. Yep. I know they did it last week. I just don't think they can do it again. Um, so get, I, I'm with you on the Rams here. I think that number is a little low, but also the Rams are, are just kind of a weird team. I feel like every game that they play is a super weird, weirdly scoring game with a lot of field goals. Um, I have I didn't look at I haven't looked at their red zone conversion percentage, but I don't think it's at the top of the league. They've really struggled getting it in. But with Cooper Cup being back, I mean that that should help a little bit. Um, so I, I do kind of expect them to to get back and, and start playing a little bit better football. But Pittsburgh's got to figure it out. So I, I do like the Rams here. I'm right there with you at minus three. Yeah, I think there's there's still good value at, at three and a half four. I probably wouldn't like this as much, um, but I think you know getting getting three is a good spot. Also to note that the, this is the second Rams home game in a row, so that doesn't that doesn't happen too often in the NFL. Usually you flip flop. I feel like um, so they're kind of getting comfortable. They don't have to go on the road. Uh, they don't have to come back from anywhere this past week. So they've just kind of been staying at home. Going to get a nice win against the Cardinals last week and get an, get hopefully get another nice win against the Steelers this week. 
Yeah, that is. I mean, nothing, nothing wrong with hanging out at SoFi Stadium two weeks in a row. Cannot complain there. Definitely, no issues for me. Wish it could be me, Chuck. Wish it could be me. But all right, man. That's that's all the games we had today. Um, I, I do want to kind of circle back to college football really fast and just get your opinion on uh, two of the big games this week. Sure. Um, we've got uh, Iowa or not Iowa, Ohio State and Penn State and USC and Utah. Who do you who if you had to pick two winners of those games? Who, who do you got? Yeah, Seth, good call because um, we usually don't pick the best games on the college football slate as part we of normally our, don't. Yes, that's so correct. Good to come back and uh, and and talk about them. Um, Ohio State, Penn State, an interesting matchup. Um, Ohio State's kind of looked a little little vulnerable this year, and Penn State's looked really good. Um, Penn State hasn't really played anybody yet, um, but I know they're. I think they're six to. Six and zero or seven and zero, whatever it is, um, against the spread this year. So they've been they've been winning and covering, um, which is a good sign. But I think Penn State's getting a lot of hype. I think a lot of the bets are coming in on Penn State, which scares me a little bit. Um, Ohio State at home, you know, they always just seem to have Penn State's number. I'm kind of leaning Ohio State. I'm not super confident. I don't love the four and a half number it's at right now. Um, but I just think uh, offensively, Ohio State has a lot more weapons. Um, Penn State's got a, got a couple good running backs, I think, but they don't have too much in terms of wide receivers. And then obviously on the other side, Ohio State's got um, Abuka and Marvin Harrison. So they just got two that just like just playmakers. So I think this, this game, I think Penn State can hang for a little while. And then I think eventually, just like just like what happened in the, Penn, in the Notre Dame game with Ohio State, I think eventually Ohio State makes a couple plays um, late with just just better weapons. Yeah, I mean, Penn State, I feel like they, they just haven't been able to get over that hurdle to make it into the playoff, you know, behind Ohio State and behind Michigan. They have a fantastic defense, fantastic. Their offense is the only thing that I would say is questionable. Going into the horseshoe, I'm not sure if I'm I'm ready to make that jump to Penn State. And you're right, I don't like that number, and that's why I, I didn't want to talk about it uh, in terms of the spread. But picking if it's a straight pick em, I'm going to take the home team. and I'm going to take the Buckeyes to, to pull ahead in this one. Kind of brought up a good point. I don't hate the under. It's 45 and a half. It's not bad. Um, but I just think, you know, these two defenses are really solid. We saw the Notre Dame-Ohio State game was was similar, like low scoring. I think this game will go kind of similar to that because Penn State, like Notre Dame, um, likes to run the ball and just play good defense. Um, so I think this game could have a similar game script to that. So I, I would maybe look into the under a little bit um, if you <laughs> wanted to throw Ohio State and tease the tease the number up. Don't hate that play, but um, yeah, no, no real thoughts. I, I just think Penn State's getting too much hype. Everybody's thinking this is the year, and that doesn't mean that it necessarily is. I like it. I like. It. And then uh, last game here, USC Utah. USC coming off that game, that big loss against Notre Dame, and Utah still does not have Cam Rising. Um, yeah. Thoughts about this one, Chuck? Dude, if, if Utah had a quarterback, I'd be smashing them because. Um, <laughs> You know, we saw what happened to Caleb Williams against a good defense last week. Utah's got a fantastic defense. It's why they're still winning games because they have had absolutely no production from the quarterback's spot um, without Cam Rising. Bryson Barnes has been just super average. Um, and Utah, I think Utah beat USC in the Pac-12 championship last year. So Utah's kind of got USC's number a little bit. Um, and I think it's at seven right now as the number. So I don't, if Utah had just a little bit more from the quarterback, I think I'd take him, but I'm I'm not willing to lay those points with USC after last week, I don't think. 
Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you here. I I've got USC winning this game. I think they bounce back, but I do actually do think they cover this spread. I know okay. USC has been, you know, their defense has been absolutely abysmal um, recently. They they really honestly didn't play that bad against Notre Dame. Their special teams just got exposed, so they were just left in really bad field position, um, and also those interceptions did not help. Um, but I, I think again with Cam Rising not there with Utah beating them last year, basically taking USC out of playoff contention, big loss from, for, um, why am I just complete? Oh, uh, I just forgot his name. Caleb Williams, uh, big loss from Caleb Williams last week with the three picks in the first half. I think this is a big bounce back opportunity for USC. And I, I do, I, I expect him to blow him out at home. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could see it. It's, it's certainly possible. Like, I don't know if Utah can take advantage of the USC defense being so bad, because their their offense themselves is so bad right now, um, and like you said, bounce back spot, revenge spot um, as well. So I don't hate that. I'm definitely not not touching it. I don't think, but but I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. Just two 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 games that I know will be on everybody's radar this week. Wanted to throw them in um, before we signed off here, but. Chuck, that is those are all the games I have, and I'm I know that's all that you have. So I'm glad we could glad we get back on after a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a bye week ourselves. I know that was kind of a theme of this uh, this episode. So getting back from the bye week and and well rested with these picks and and ready for them to ready for a little action this weekend. Yeah, yeah, good to be back with you. We had to take a couple couple weeks off there, but. Um... Hope you guys enjoy the football. I know there's a lot of ugly games, but hopefully we found um, the value in the board like we always do. So, Well, Hoppers, thanks for tuning in, and we will catch you next week. Peace. Bye.